1: get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one ownership. Picasso does all the work for you.
2: Well, hello Tyler.
4: Hello Paris Hilton. How are you? I'm
2: amazing.
4: Hashtag girls on the grind. Always. <laughs> it's, it's how we roll. It is. <laughs> is that hot? That's hot. <laughs> so are you. Thank you. It is such an honor to be here with you today. I When I found out that I was going to get to meet you, I about had a stroke. Really? Just right there. Just almost killed over. So thank you for having me.
2: Well, I feel the same way. I've been wanting to meet you and I was just like, oh my God, I love what you do. And it's really just amazing and you have such a gift and it's just an honor to have you here at my home.
4: Well, thank you. It's a beautiful home. Beautiful day. We're going to have a good conversation. Thank you. Where are you from? Originally Central California, kind of near Fresno. So a lot of agriculture, a lot of prisons. It's very quaint. And you live... Uh, in LA, Hollywood Hills currently, and I'm I'm moving out towards Malibu. So, oh,
2: nice! Yeah, well, my, my husband and I just got a new
4: house in Malibu. Oh, amazing! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's such a vibe. It's so relaxing and beautiful. Peaceful. So I used to live there on the beach uh, in Latigo Shore area, mm-hmm. and just when you come home, the ocean's right there. Feels like it's such a cleansing force, you know, yeah. for our energies.
2: So. Yeah, I think we both definitely need it. Cause I could see with you. I could relate how. People, it's like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of like energy people are like vampires almost sometimes that like suck my energy away. Sure. And I'm sure with you having to do what you do, that must be so draining.
4: Energy is such a thing. And, mm. you know, I think a lot of people, when we hear the word like empath, they relate to being empathetic. And I think most people are on some level. But in jobs where you're interacting with people, whether it's interviewing or DJing, right, right that's such an immersive job. You're connecting to people's presence, their energy. Um, And so I think that, you know, it's important to have certain mechanisms to kind of clear our energy, whether that's solitude, sometimes, you know, separating ourselves from certain environments. It's it's essential.
2: So you you believe really, like like I feel it too, but it is a true thing. Like people can take your energy?
4: Well, I think certain people might not be compatible with our energy, right? I I kind of consider it to be like akin to cigarette smoke. So if you're not a smoker and you go into a group of people who all just finished chain smoking, if you leave that group, you're going to smell like cigarette smoke, even though you yourself don't smoke. I think of it as very similar. The people we surround ourselves do leave an imprint on us and we Mm -hmm. leave an imprint on them consciously, subconsciously. And so Um, I think that's kind of speaks to the importance of intuition. The more connected we can be to our own intuition, the more we can really objectively gauge what we resonate with and what we don't.
2: So for you, can you see when people have good or bad energy right away?
4: You know, I've learned to not limit it to that juxtaposition of good or bad. You know, even in my work, I've dealt with some very tragic, very heavy, very sad situations that led to a lot of hurt, you know, often in people's lives. But I've learned to not villainize them. Uh, And my job has made me very not judgmental in understanding that we are all human, we all go through things. And... Uh, nothing human is really foreign to us. So I definitely tend to get a vibe of kind of whether I resonate with someone immediately or not. And I think you can relate to it too. We all get first impressions, mm-hmm. right? When we shake somebody's hand and yes. sometimes people give us an ick and we got to trust that feeling because that really is our our inner sense.
2: Yeah. I feel like I had like psychic powers too. I don't know. That's something that my, my grandmother did too. And she always really? said that. And I always feel like I've predicted things before um, they've happened. I've Seen in the future. I think that's why I'm an innovator and someone who does things first. Like I always have like, I don't know, like seen into the future and can feel mm-hmm. like my grandmother a lot with me all the time. Um, and I'm just like fascinated by this whole world. So it's just like to be someone who's like so respected and like you are just like, I'm so proud of you and what you're doing and just using your gift for good and really bringing people peace to know. I know I was just watching some some of the things you've done, and just like the parents to know like she's okay and she's watching and she's still here, and that's just like a really comforting feeling because I was so scared always like what happens after you die. Like I was always like, what if it's nothing? It's just like darkness, and you're it's that would be so boring,
4: (laughs) just insufferably (laughs) boring, wouldn't it?
2: I can't like that's so scary. So to know that that's not the case, and it's sure. I don't know, we live on.
4: Well, I I really believe that consciousness fundamentally does continue on in whatever form. You know, I certainly don't claim to have all the answers, nor do I think anybody does. But my work has shown me and validated that there is this continuation of life. There is a continuation of love. We are so much more than what happens to us in life. We are so much more than ultimately how we pass, you know. So I think it's important when we think of our loved ones who've died, as easy as it is sometimes to think of them and maybe be sad that they died or how they passed, they want us to think of them and smile. And that be our first kind of inclination versus being devastated by how they passed. And of course that's a process that we all get to in our own way, but uh, you know, I try to just honor their lives because we only have one. <laughs>
2: that's true. What, has there been any stories that have really touched you?
4: You know They're all evocative. Every reading gives me an insight into people's lives. And I, you being a celebrity can relate to the celebrity experience. And on my first show, Hollywood Medium, I sat with over 200 celebrities. And then on my new Netflix show, I sat with a bunch of everyday people and traveled the country and connected to some really profound stories. And that dichotomy was really interesting to see between public figures and everyday, you know, people. And I, I think that has been really meaningful. One of my most profound readings was with RuPaul Charles, uh, fabulous person, of course, by icon. nature, icon, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that was somebody who I, being a gay kid in a rural place, you know, used to look at him on TV and, and think, wow, okay, there are, are people who kind of. Get what I'm, I'm going for, um, and then to finally meet him as an adult and be able to give him healing around the death of his father—something he never thought he'd get in this lifetime—it um, almost went full circle. He helped me as a kid without realizing it, and then I was able to help RuPaul as an adult.
2: Wow, yeah. that's magic. I love RuPaul.
4: <laughs> Have you met much? Have you with RuPaul?
2: Just like around just from yeah. being in the industry and I'm, sure. I'm friends with Got Mick, So I was gotcha. doing some stuff for the show
4: to support. Oh, love that. Loves it.
2: Loves it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you watch The Simple Life?
4: Oh, of course. I, it's like my, I watch it before I go to sleep at night, me and my partner and uh, I just laugh every time. It is timeless. You, people will watch it in a hundred years and still laugh. Thank you. Iconic. You're a visionary. You you saw it coming. Mm. Did you see the success of that show at the time that you did it?
2: I, you know, it was the first of its kind. There was yeah. no reality show, so there was nothing really to, like, learn from or even know. I was, like, this unknown world, and my whole family was like, no, you're Paris Hilton. Yeah. You're not doing a reality show. Yeah. I'm like, Nikki, they want us to do it together. My sister was like, I'm not being on a reality show. Like, no way. Yeah. And I just knew. I was like... I think there's something here and this is something special and I don't want to... I'm someone who doesn't really follow rules and I Mm. like to do my own thing. So I just went for it and had the time of my life and I'm so happy that I did it with Nicole, my best friend since I'm two because it wouldn't have been the show like without that because it was just like two best friends Mm. going and just doing all these crazy things and it's like you can't write that. You can't invent something like that. It's just like so real and it was just incredible and now it's like started this whole new genre of celebrity and awesome. this whole reality show culture and pop culture and yeah. selfies and
4: absolutely and you were an innovator through it all Thank absolutely you. well it's incredible that show really was i think the right time the right place the right people and that chemistry you could feel on screen so
2: Thank you. Yeah, my husband and I have been watching it like during the pandemic. <laughs> <I laughs> we just that. laughed. There's just so many memories being brought up.
4: I'm sure. And I'm sure some of the things that didn't make the cut make for oh, some yeah. fun stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's There's a
2: lot. Definitely. I love it. <laughs> So when did you discover that you had this gift?
4: Well, this kind of started for me, uh, my first inclination of it was when I was 10 years old. Um, I grew up in a very conservative household. You know, we didn't talk about mediums or psychics or any of that. But I woke up one night when I was 10 and I just had this knowingness that my grandmother was going to die. And at the time it just felt like something I knew. It felt almost like a memory that hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so it was really confusing But at 10 years old, you know, you don't really think much of it. So I rolled out of bed after I had woken up with this feeling and I went into the room to try to explain this to my mom and she was in there and she was like, okay, Tyler, calm down, you know, and we were interrupted by her phone ringing and she said, okay, hold on. She picked up her phone and as she did, I remember first her face changed and then she started weeping because it was my dad calling her in that moment to tell her that my grandmother had just died right in front of him. Oh my God. So that was an immediate validation of that initial feeling. But it took a lot of time to really understand that these brief moments of knowingness could be used as an ability. Wow, that's powerful. And and it's so interesting because so many people do relate to that feeling of having premonitions. I know you spoke to yourself feeling inclinations of the future. And, you know, it does happen to us and often around births and deaths.
2: And for your mother, what? Can you tell our listeners about that story?
4: Well, you know, my mom definitely didn't know how to process what I had shared with her. Uh, You know, we were very close. My grandmother and I were very close. And so my mom just kind of assumed this was a one-off thing. Um, But then I started reading kids at school and getting impressions about teachers. And I would share them and they would share that with my mom. And then, you know, that was quite a situation. So I was telling teachers about their marital issues, students about their parental drama uh, very early on. And it was very intense. (laughs) So
2: you could just like literally like like see into people's lives in the present or the past or future or like how?
4: I never had any control over it and I still don't. So it either just kind of either happens or it doesn't. But very often it would be about things regarding the past and then sometimes things even going on like the morning before. There was one situation when I was in middle school. Uh, I was washing my hands in the bathroom and I heard the door open from behind me. I turned around and I looked and it was my childhood bully. He had watched me go into the bathroom and all of his friends were kind of running into the <sighs> room to follow and, and beat me up, basically. And this had happened to me before. And on this particular occasion, I turned around and I looked at him and these words just left my mouth. I said, your aunt knows that you were crying with your dad last night and you need to leave me alone. And I just said it. Mm-hmm. And his friends looked at him and he looked at them and then he ran out of the bathroom. His aunt had died a few days before. And he had been crying with his dad privately uh, at night. So it was really intense validation in the sense that it did help me fend off bullies at Mm -hmm. times. But very, very divisive, you know. Yeah.
2: Kids are so mean in school sometimes. They
4: are. Absolutely. And you know what? We kind of, I think, can both relate to, um, you know, in the sense of being public i feel like a lot of those kids often don't grow up yeah <laughs> and then you deal with you know being controversial and all of that so it's it's an interesting world
2: yeah, yeah i know those kids turn into like the trolls <laughs> on the comment section sitting there like yes. being mean all day yes, like they
4: become columnists <laughs> it's really sad this is paris
5: T I K A dot
2: com So when people come through to you, you said you can feel it through your five senses. Mm -hmm. Has that ever like do you ever get scared?
4: I used to get more frightened earlier on when I was a kid, and it would happen, um, I would get a very intense physical pain. And so in one particular case, I remember I was reading a woman and I felt like my throat was going to close. And as I was explaining this to her, she's about ready to call 911. It ended up that the person I was bringing through for her had actually passed away of throat cancer. And so when I got that validated, the the feeling left. But I think the best way to understand my ability is to kind of understand that the sixth sense works through the other five senses. So when I do a reading, I'm not seeing dead people walking around that would be terrifying. If anything, I just kind of have trained myself to enter into an altered state of consciousness where I'm just hyper aware of any changes that go on in my mind and in my body. And those changes are generally indicative of like a message or something I need to relay. And if I do my job right, I can take that sensation and turn it into a message. And then that gets validated by the person I'm connecting with.
2: So have you ever like seen anything like in a mirror or like in a photo or...
4: So funny that you say that. In my new Netflix show, Life After Death, with just just came out, we actually experimented with building a room dedicated to trying to connect with the other side. And it sounds a lot creepier than it really was. It was the equivalent of like a prayer closet. Uh, but I I created this whole space and I used it to try to you know connect more fluently. And the validations that that came from it were really intense. So I really think it's more just about mindfulness. I think everybody has the ability to connect to that intuition. It just is a matter of eliminating the blocks that stop us from connecting to that innate sense of who we are. And so for some people, praying helps kind of connect on a deeper level. For me, building a room and looking at a mirror was just a way of kind of letting go of all of the stuff going on around me and just focusing my intention on trying to connect. So it's just a tool. Have you ever done the Ouija ward? You know, as a kid, I did. uh, I don't, you know, really have many strong opinions on it. I I think it's important to put out good energy. I think there's more productive uses of people's time. And I kind of liken it to you wouldn't, you know, open your front door and just let anyone off the street in. So why would we do that energetically, spiritually? And to me, that's kind of what Ouija boards are. It's saying, oh, anybody here, come on in. Let's connect. And you don't know what the integrity of that consciousness is going to be.
2: Yeah, I did that once when I was a teenager. My friend came over for a sleepover we went to our friend's house and she brought one and I was always so scared of them because in movies it's like so scary and then she made us do it and I didn't want to be like not cool so I was like okay yeah. and it started like moving and I don't they all said they didn't do it so to this day I don't know but I don't know it's just something that I just get so scared of
4: those VG boards. I totally get that and I think when it comes to spirituality our spirituality shouldn't scare us right so if there's something that scares us we don't need to do it necessarily, you know, in, in that realm of the paranormal. I think so often with spirituality, people are kind of worried. They're like, okay, well, if my loved ones are around, are they watching me constantly? And there doesn't need to be that fear. You know, your, our spirituality should invigorate us, should make us feel comforted and protected. And I, I agree with kind of staying away from things that might not give us good feelings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That's something I always think about too. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like taking a shower. Like, are they watching me? <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> you know, I, I think they have bigger concerns in the long run. I, I've learned from the other side that from what I can glean, they seem to realize that really nothing human is foreign to them. You know, we're all human beings. We all live, we all die. And they, they don't seem to be really hung up on those things, those things that just make us us,
2: you know? So do you think that certain like spirits stay around to protect
4: I've wondered, I seem in my work to only connect to individuals who seem to have made a full transition, and I call it a transition because it seems to be a process um, that they go through. And some, you know, people do report having like hauntings and ghosts and things like that. I don't really connect on that realm, so if there, if there are like earthbound spirits, uh, I don't really tend to connect with them. So there's spirits that are here and in other realms. That's the belief. yeah. Do you believe in bad realms? You know, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I try to avoid when I talk about the afterlife, the the phrasing of like heaven or hell, because those are such loaded terms, right? Even the word God is so loaded, right? When we think of God, we think, okay, bearded man in the sky. Um, I certainly believe in the possibility of maybe more negative realms, but if from what I've been able to glean, the transition process seems to be one of self-reflection, introspection. It doesn't seem to come from a place of judgment as much as it's a place of self-analysis. And I believe that's what we all go through when we pass, so... It doesn't seem to be punishment based um, more just reflective based how we lived how we died what we did what we didn't do and ultimately finding acceptance through how we lived and passed
2: do you believe in reincarnation
4: i do but i i don't necessarily think the soul is a singular unit so i to me the soul is probably more complicated than we are really giving it credit for Um, i think it probably exists in many places at once um, one thing that's interesting I've learned in my work is time doesn't seem to really apply to those on the other side. They're not limited by a 24-hour day. So it then begs the question of, you know, is reincarnation a process where we live and die and are reborn? Or is it possible that you could exist now, you could exist simultaneously 100 years ago, you might exist 50 years in the future? I know it sounds nuts, but I think the soul has gotten so simplified mm. that we think of it as this kind of mechanical Birth, rebirth, birth, rebirth, when it really could be a lot more complicated.
2: <laughs> yeah, for me, I think about it. I'm like, it sounds cool because then you get to like live again. But like, yeah. I would rather be me as Paris, the ghost forever. Like, I don't want to like be, I mean, imagine if you're like, I don't know, like an ant or like something, the, like right. a bee and like someone kills you like right away.
4: Yeah. That's lame. No. And then
2: your ghost is like that. Like, I just want to be me.
4: Yeah. Forever. <laughs> Do you have you ever had any past life memories or any like phobias or anything in your life where you've been like, wow, I wonder where that's coming from, because I can't place the cause in my current life. Any anything that's ever came to the surface?
2: For me, I've had like psychics tell me like you've lived other lives, like you were a queen, like you were Marilyn <laughs> course, Monroe.
4: Naturally.
2: You were like this goddess of something. I'm like, they always say all this to me so Interesting. Like, I wouldn't mind being all those people. That you know sounds what? good. You and I both. Save you the best are. for
4: last. That's hour. right. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not coming back.
2: <laughs> what do you love about L.A.?
4: Oh, oh, the weather. I mean, that's such a generic response. And I'll ask you the same question, but I've, I travel for my work. I do a live tour across the country. I'll go to like Snakectity, New York. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's freezing cold and we really have not made here in California. So that and then I think the men, the men here in California I just can't beat them. All you know? the hotties move here. They all come from their little rural <laughs> hometowns in, you know, Illinois or whatever. There's a lot of hot men in Illinois. Just That's so where we my know. husband's
2: from. Oh, well, bam. Psychic Hello. guy saw it coming. I said I wanted a Midwest boy who oh, came to LA. you
4: found him. There mm. you go. But they, I'm telling you, they send their hometown's hottest to LA, and then everybody's an aspiring actor. So it works. It works. It's <laughs> fabulous.
2: So I heard you have a new boyfriend.
4: Oh, a new boyfriend. Well, we've been together for five years. Oh, sorry, so.
2: not new. No, it's okay. You know what? I'm not
4: looking at the questions
2: because <laughs> I'm just like reading it. So
4: <laughs> I know it's Clint. It is Clint, as in Eastwood. Yes, and five years together. So it's been something amazing. Yeah, I feel really lucky. You know, I think one benefit of having a good intuition, and I'm sure you can relate, is you know you get a feeling for whether someone's the right fit or not, and sometimes you got to go through you know a couple. Uh, situations to, to mm-hmm. find the one and, and that's the beauty of being able to kind of connect to that.
2: Yeah, I feel like I, I learned that intuition over yeah. years and years of trauma. Sure. Um, and then finally being ready for the nice guy.
4: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, divine timing too, you know, so I'm a big believer in that as well.
2: Yes. So. Timing is everything, yeah, I really believe.
4: Absolutely. For success in all ranges from career success, love success, timing is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this considered Slivington Manor, or is it- Slivington there- Manor? Yeah. Yeah, it's all,
2: like the other house of Slivington Manor. This okay. is Slivington Manor again. Part two. Yeah. And then I have the Sliving spa downstairs. Oh, a lot of- I'll show you a after lot, it's A sick. lot of slives. Mm-hmm. It's
4: reincarnation. That's how we do it. <laughs> I love it. You sliv, you live. Sliv, you live. <laughs> Trademarked, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, obviously. <laughs>
2: Do you have any, like, lines that you say that are oh, trademarked?
4: you know what? No, but uh, I always, uh, when watching the show back, people are always like, you always say, well, that'll be that. People, when you, and you can relate to this, having a TV show or just being in the public, like, people pick up on things that you do that you don't notice you do, and then people are like, oh, yeah. So I made up words, apparently, on my show. Uh, yeah, it's it's really incredible. They, they, they will notice if a hair is out of place. <laughs> yeah, they notice everything. Yeah. With your, did you ever find new uh, catchphrases just kind of manifest into your visionary? Yeah, consciousness?
2: like that's hot and loves it. I've said forever and I love right. them, then I will say them forever. Yeah, no, they're, they're but natural. I needed a new I didn't need one new one. It just happened naturally on Halloween. I was mm. walking into this after party and I was just so happy and I was so sick. And I just like looked at my friends like, Sliving! And they're like, <laughs> What? And I was like, I was trying to say like slang and, and living my best life and killing it like in all in one word and sliving came out and they were like that's the sickest word and then I like trademarked it and then it was in the urban wow. dictionary and now it's like a lifestyle and a movement and everyone's th- saying it. Gay rights was
4: born mm-hmm. in that one moment. Paris Hilton single handedly she threw the first brick at Stonewall. <laughs> Paris Hilton. <laughs> sliving. Sliving.
2: That's always living my oh, best life.
4: That is so funny.
2: What would your so if you're gonna if you get a tagline, what's it gonna be?
4: You know what? Uh, oh God, we'll see. I gained weight over the pandemic, about you thirty look pounds. Hot. Thank you, but I don't know. I'm like medium gone large.
2: Medium gone large.
4: Medium, yeah, MTV. <laughs> oh I'll be like the, the nine hundred pound medium, which is just ironic in and of itself. <laughs> TLC, better call me after this, and then I can just read people in my little, my little, just you know, vibing, just vibes. Medium gone large. So there's that. If, you know, I could lose weight, be a small medium, but that's less interesting. Yeah. No. No. I'm, I'm going to work on catchphrases. I definitely don't have the visionary energies like you, so I might need to consult. Okay. Yeah.
2: I'll consult with you on, the, like, the afterlife or yeah. afterworld or before what is it called? Afterlife?
4: Afterlife. You, you know what? Hey, it's all all life to us. I remember when you on the simple life, you you did the psychic thing. That yes. was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> I think you were probably more psychic than than the lady. Yeah. But that was entertaining.
2: <laughs> so for you, like, do you have to have to deal with that? Like people who are haters, because there's so many people who take advantage and they pretend they have the gift and like yeah. they take advantage of people and they're just They're con artists. Sure. So it gives like other people a bad name, I feel. So like,
4: how do you deal with the haters? I think it's important to be skeptical. And I actually embrace skepticism. I think that in this industry, it's unregulated. And so there isn't like a board of commissioners that you can like go apply to be a medium for. You can't really get a permit to be a medium. Anybody can do it or claim to do it. So I think it's actually beneficial to be skeptical. Um, Anybody who's legitimate will not be afraid of people asking questions, of you being like, okay, break it down for me or explain this. Um, So I think it's just important, you know, for those who are interested in seeing a medium to just ensure that they're doing everything they can to get a direct recommendation from someone that they trust. Um, You know, if you think of it as a practice, I view this work as being like a practitioner. I view it as something very serious. And just as you wouldn't, you know, walk into a neon sign for five bucks and expect, you know, a thousand dollar experience. It's good to take that in mind that, uh, you know, through word of mouth is typically the best way to see a medium.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Definitely do your research.
4: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And through someone you trusted, it helps to know somebody who had firsthand testimonials.
2: Out of everything that you ever learned in your life, what was like the most surprising part?
4: Oh, the most surprising part, I think, just for me, really, the fragility of life. You know, I'm I sit with people who've gone through such extreme loss and how quickly life could change, and I've learned the importance of saying it now while I still have the chance. Um, I tell my mom I love her every single time she leaves my house. Uh, my boyfriend, I make sure to you know, never go, go to bed mad if if we're having a little <laughs> tip. Um, it's taught me the importance of seizing the moment in every way that we can, because so many people that sit in that chair in front of me are sitting there because they have regret. Regret for either what went unsaid, what went undone. And so when we can live life more mindfully in the here and the now and validate the people in our lives, you know, make sure things aren't going unsaid, make sure they're not going undone then we save ourselves from having future regret. And I think that's, for me, the most empowering message I've gotten from my work.
2: And what's your favorite part of what you do?
4: I love the surprise, the reactions. You know, you never know what people are are expecting or what they think about it. And so sometimes I find reading skeptics is actually easier than reading hardcore believers because the bar is kind of a little lower with skeptics. They're like, okay, what can he tell me? And then something will come through and then you see this whole transformation happen. Um, Whereas hardcore believers sometimes will sit in the chair and they're like, Tyler, I know how amazing you can, you know, I know how great of an experience you can give me. And so the bar is very high and I suddenly have to kind of meet that expectation. So it's always a challenge. It's always something new and um it's always a surprise
2: so sitting here with me now do you feel anything or
4: i don't know i would have to whip out the notebook but i i will definitely talk because i i definitely feel like there's some good things good things to discuss but we'll make some time we can do a little notebook uh scratchy scratchy as you see me Mm -hmm. doing my show then we'll see what comes through because that's kind of how i turn on and start connecting to some of the deeper things but i have no doubt you know Uh, all your loved ones are so proud of what you've done and being able to take your life story and honor that there's such power in storytelling and what you've been able to do through bringing awareness to your survivorship has inspired so many people and i think if anything is a testament to the power of storytelling no matter where we are socioeconomically, whether we're celebrity or not we can really change other people's lives through honoring our voice Mm-hmm. And that that spreads far and wide. That echo might, you know, affect people you don't even realize in the here and the now. So keep it up. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's, it's been, thank you very much. I've, it's been just the most empowering and important and impactful time in my life. And I just feel like I've found my mission. And yeah. maybe I was put through this, like, by God and given this gift so that one day I could use my voice to stop it from happening to other children. and. You know, the fact that I've changed laws now in seven states and now going back to Washington, D.C. in two weeks. And I will not stop fighting until change is made.
4: Amazing. That's really what it's all about. And just a side note, intuitively, one thing good to keep in mind is I do feel like when you sat down, I kept getting my symbology for publishing, literary, that kind of thing. So just keep this in mind over the course of the next two years, Mm. you might have the chance to release something from a publishing perspective. So think like book something we would write and then release but on a larger scale than even we've done in the past so something to think about
2: i'm writing my book now i just wrote the first 300 pages amazing (laughs) you're
4: you're gonna crush it and and it's things like that power in your storytelling that really is changing the world and good good on you for using your platform you know it would have been so easy for you not to (laughs) so the fact that you did is even more commendable yeah.
2: yeah, it was something I was never planning on ever discussing because I was just, you know, so traumatized that I didn't want to think about it. And I wanted to bury it. And then um, it always came back to me, my nightmares. And maybe that was for a reason too, be, to, to so I could finally go and make a change because the nightmares, they didn't stop. And it was every night where I was like back in those places and it mm-hmm. felt so real and Now, since I've been making change, like the nightmares are gone. I sleep, like I don't have insomnia. Like it's just like changed my life in every way. And people come up to me on the street and they're just like, you changed my life. Like nobody believed me. Now my family finally believes me. Like I feel so validated. Like just thank you for telling your story. And that's just been just the most important thing like I've done a lot of things in my life I'm proud of but this is like by far the most thing
4: absolutely well and clearly the effect of it is so widespread And I wonder if your intuition was communicating to you by having those dreams maybe on some level as a way to bring it to your conscious mind as a way to say hey you know we need to look at this and there's an opportunity to help people with it so good on you for noticing that you know you could have just ignored it and kept having nightmares <laughs> Yeah. yeah
2: I think before I was just so concerned about you know kind of projecting that perfect life to everyone because in Hollywood like they make you feel that way like you have to be perfect and everything needs to be this and yeah. you know there's so much power in being vulnerable and real and because no one's perfect and we've all been through things and it it helps others when you can be vulnerable and tell the truth because everyone not everyone can relate but there's a lot of people who will relate it will mean it will mean a lot too
4: absolutely that vulnerability is so key to be able to honor that in ourselves i think it inspires other people to open up that's huge wow what are you working on now that you're most excited about oh you know well i just had my my most recent book here and hereafter came out this month and then i Congrats. had the new thank you the new show life after death on netflix and I do live tours across the country, so I stand in front of thousands of people and do readings in audience settings, and that's really fun. It's really nerve-wracking and a big challenge as a medium, but that's where I feel like I get to do the most amount of work in the smallest amount of time. Uh, so I get to touch on all people all across the country, and you know, as you know, traveling the country to rural places—it's mm-hmm. amazing. The different cultures and the stories, and you see the differences, but also the similarities. It's really fascinating.
2: Which place are you
4: excited to go to on the tour? Oh, I like to go to rural places. Like, I like take me to, like, rural south. I went to uh, Biloxi, Mississippi I performed at. As a medium, it's pretty ballsy because, you know, hey, it's Mississippi. But <laughs> it was cool. It was cool to get to travel there, and I, am you know, hope to go back. But to be able to go to places where people might not have access to L.A., and maybe they need to, you know, be exposed to that conversation around grief and loss. So I like to come to people. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was in Mississippi for the simple life. We went yeah. all around there, so
4: oh, Sans It was fun. Yeah, I'm humid for sure. Yeah, the
2: food is so good.
4: Yeah, I love the food. I uh, did you? How did you like? Do you, you? is soul food? Are you a soul food person? Yes,
2: <laughs> I love. It's So good. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Fried chicken. Oh we're going okra, macaroni and cheese.
2: Yes, we got it going. Okay, oh I love God. it. Like oh. I'm. Just I just love eating food that's good. I yeah. don't know. It's just how I am.
4: <laughs> yeah, comfort food, absolutely. It makes you just feel happy. That's right. Do you cook? No. One of my not one of my many talents. No. But I I can burn water, and that's about the extent of it. So. That's hot. Do you cook? I I watched a YouTube video. You 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 were sent something. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sliving Zanya. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy cooking? Is it something you, you... It's fun. It is fun. It's about the experience, right? It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. I travel so much
2: now that I don't have time to cook like I used to, oh, but during the pandemic, I just like was loving to cook. I love that. And my husband loves my cooking, so it was oh, fun.
4: there you go. Does Clint cook? He Better than I do. He went to culinary school briefly, so I use him for his sauces. He just can make a, a sauce for anything and... I'm like, oh, don't get lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dumb. Oh my god. Those are cute. But yes, no, I don't know. I like to eat. I'm, I'm more of an eater than a maker. Food. I'm both. Yeah, you eat it and make it. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
2: What sign are you?
4: I'm a Capricorn. What about you? Aquarius. Aquarius. My mom's an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Solid salt of the earth. We're fun. That's right. That's right. Do you resonate with your astrology sign? Yes, I'm obsessed fully.
2: Yeah, I, I completely believe in signs and astrology and the horoscopes. And gotcha. It's like crazy how
4: real it is for mine, especially. Have you looked into your partner's horoscope as well to see if they're compatible? Yeah, uh, we're both Aquarius. Oh, okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of. I always thought it was a water sign, but apparently it's an air sign. I Didn't know. Okay. Aquarius, isn't it an air sign? I don't, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was water to aqua. Yeah, you would think, right? But I think it's an air sign. It's not weird? Yeah. It wouldn't even make sense, because, duh, it's a fish. But I think it's an air sign.
2: Yeah, like like a unicorn, like me.
4: That's right. <laughs> Flying over the rainbow. I love your interior design. Thank I, you. I, I aspire to have, well, I wish. Yeah. In my next life, I want to come back as Paris Hilton. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I have to be reincarnated. I love What's you. to do with this. Or your dog. One of the two.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, Faye Resnick is my interior designer, and she did it so <laughs> chic and so beautiful. And then I came in and like put all the neon signs and like everything. She's like, Paris, we're supposed to shoot this for Architectural Digest. Like, what did you do to my designs? I
4: was like, I parasized it. <laughs> It's in a state of paracelsis. Paris-sis. Paracelsis.
5: <laughs> we're
4: working on this. Like, s- looking s-sis-sis.
2: everywhere. I'm like, yeah, they're everywhere. Oh,
4: that is funny. Well, look, if, if I were as beautiful, I think I would be having photos of myself everywhere <laughs> equally.
2: I just love it. Like, who else can I have up? I have Marilyn. It's me and Marilyn, Marilyn. only.
4: Okay. So, in sp- fashion inspiration, women that give you, you know, uh, a sense of ah, oh, aspiration. Mm-hmm. Who would those women be for you in your life?
2: Marilyn Monroe, obviously. Okay. Grace yeah. Kelly. Grace and Kelly. Princess Diana.
4: Heck yes. Mm-hmm. I love Princess Diana. Love. Bummer. I know. <laughs> it's <fricking> paparazzi. <laughs> Bummer. Like, uh. I know.
2: It's like it was so preventable.
4: I know. And, they, they, you know, I get asked about conspiracies and people are like, do you, you know, JFK, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know. But I think Diana, that, that was some weird. There's some weirdness there with that passing. I think there was incentive for her to, you know, be taken out. So I, I hope that didn't happen. But I wonder. I know sliving. Sl- non-sliving? Non-sliving. No. Do, Do you believe
2: in that? them? Conspiracy theories? Not
4: so much. Typically not. Just because I think, you know, uh, you know, critical thinking, logic, reason. I'm, I'm big on that. Uh, but simultaneously, you know, I don't know. Sometimes things happen. You get. I'm sure they exist. Things happen to conspire yeah. in there every now and then. So I'm open-minded. And what about aliens, do you believe? I do believe in aliens. I think there's there's too much evidence out there from the UAP phenomenon, it's mm-hmm. for me, unidentified aerial phenomena, uh, to indicate that it's real. The Pentagon released some really interesting videos that they were able to mm-hmm. capture uh, in the past couple years. So UFOlogy is definitely getting more credibility in recent years than it has ever before. So it'll be fascinating to see.
2: I know. I totally, I think I am an alien.
4: Uh, you, you know what? The visionary, you got it going on. You mm-hmm. might might be from a different planet. Have you ever seen a UFO? I feel like
2: I have, I've seen things that like look like UFOs mm-hmm. that are like flying and they look <laughs> huge and round and it's like light, lighting up. Yeah. So I think they are, I don't know if it's like a drone, because right. there's like drone paparazzi sometimes too. <laughs> there are. So.
4: It could be that. I took an edible once. I thought I saw one. I was like, uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't, it was completely identifiable, but that was life. Yes. You know.
2: And what is like, what is, when you were like a little, before you knew you were psychic, what did you want to be?
4: I wanted to be an archaeologist, which I feel like is a pretty par for the course answer. What about you?
2: I probably wanted to be archaeologist too and I was like seven. Yeah. Because I would love the class when we would like. Dig it and like yep. find the cool like fossils. Like that was so cool. And I still, I still like love doing things like that. But
4: yeah, archaeology just, you yeah, know, in some, the day to day. turning a into archaeologists. Guys. That's right. We're just in the backyard. Slash DJ. Slash. I love that. You should have ran for president. You'd be an amazing president. Thank you. <laughs> Paris for president. Paris for president.
2: Make America hot again.
4: Hot again. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. We are very diplomatic. I've watched so much what happens live and you're always so poised i admire Mm -hmm. i admire it so much
2: yeah i've been in this business a long time Mm -hmm. and you learn all the tricks of what they're trying to do yes
4: dodge dodge pivot Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're amazing What
2: did you get shy when you first started doing interviews? And yeah, oh, I still get I'm shy. still shy. I'm still so shy. I'm so shy too.
4: I get excited every day when I get to go to an interview like this. I'm always like, oh my god, this is my life, and I just I, I would never want to lose that childlike sense of wonder and that sense of giddiness. And I think when people lose it, you know, they become very jaded and cynical. So for me, I just I, I love. The excitement, and I feel so privileged to be in my position. (laughs) Yeah, I'm such a kid at heart. too. you got to hold on to that because that gets lost as people get older and and at the sacrifice often of their own happiness.
2: I know it's, it'd be so, I don't know, it's not,
4: it's boring. Yeah, some people don't let themselves go through those childlike emotions, you know, and sit with them. So. Cool. at least we're kids at heart forever. That's right. Yes. Absolutely yoss, yes. This is
1: Paris.
5: com.
4: This is seven sliving questions. I'm ready for all seven. Let's live. We're sliving. What is your go-to dance move? Go-to dance move? Maybe a plank? Is that a a plank? Is that a dance move? Is that when you just like lay there? Yeah. You dance, that's when really you dance. Moves. Just play just is that when they like lay across the table? It or? is, and I think that embodies my ability to, to get the groove on. Really, I'm just <laughs> let me lay there, leave me alone. Check on me every thirty second minute, make sure I still have a pulse. Give me a little cup of water. I'm goofy. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be my dance move. Okay, I like it. Yeah. What is your spirit animal and why? Oh, I was gonna say Nicole Richie, but this is awkward now. No, um, <laughs> I oh, spirit animal. Oh God, why is that such a hard... Honestly, oh no, I don't, I should have came prepared. Mine's a unicorn. Yours is a unicorn, mm-hmm. which is very apt. I think I would be a golden retriever if I were a person. Why? Or an animal if I was a person. I am a person. <laughs> I'm actually a golden retriever and my spirit animal is Tyler Henry. So now yes. the, the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
2: I love golden retrievers.
4: <laughs> Me too. I, I am one. You're making my tail wag.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um next one is um how long does it take you to get ready
4: oh oh like not that long i I mean (laughs) at the end of the day when i'm done putting my makeup on and get the hair i look and i look in the mirror and i go this is as good as it's gonna get and then i walk out the door so i try my best but yeah yeah, i'm not a miracle worker
2: (laughs) (laughs) what is the worst date that you've ever been on and why
4: worst date i've ever been on was with a guy he came over to my house and he tracked mud in through the front door on his shoes so it's like we're off to a great start and then he's he's a journalist and so he on the way there called me he's like oh i i i can't come over right away and i was like what's wrong he's like oh someone just got murdered and i have to go like on the scene to like report this murder and then i'll like come over to your house so i was like i was waiting all night because someone got shot and then he finally showed up Track dirt in through the house, and that was it. So that was kind of a bad date. Okay, that sounds brutal. Yeah, yeah nothing like you know a homicide to really set the the tone for the date.
2: Romantic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not hot. Not hot. Not at all. Are you a Facetime or a texter?
4: Oh, when people Facetime me, it's it's they go on my list. If, you fa- if people FaceTime me, I'm like immediately, nope. And then and then I just, I don't know. FaceTiming is the worst. I, I don't know why people think they can just FaceTime me freely. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like something needs to be scheduled, planned. I need perfect lighting and I need, you know, the full makeup on. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no FaceTiming. People feel entitled I to know,
2: it. I know. A lot of people always try it. I'm like, yeah. dude, I like, don't even like speaking on the phone. I like to text. Right. And like FaceTiming, like... No.
4: It's way too immersive.
2: <laughs> it's like really early in the morning, too. I'm like, are you crazy? Oh, when they're
4: in other time zones and you're like, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> I'm like eating Cheetos. Yeah. Okay, yeah. same. No face. I time. like texting. All right, we'll just text each other.
2: <laughs> <Glit>. <laughs> and voice noting. Yes. So I'm lazy to text. So I usually like do the voice memo thing or voice note and then I like text for you. Yeah. Spells everything wrong.
4: It's the worst. And then my thumbs are so fat. I have like the Megan Fox fingers (laughs) like the thumbs (laughs) where I like I'll hold the voice note little memo to try to do it and then I'm like sending six different or it goes
2: it like stops and then it erases yes oh I want to die when that happens Uh, after a long
4: one yes you're like I was committed
2: the beach or the mountains oh
4: beach 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 what about you beach beach any reason why
2: I love ocean I love the sand and I love swimming and I love
4: surfing and dolphins
2: I love all of it. I love just going on tropical vacations.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just the best. Water is so therapeutic and restorative and represents our subconscious. Mm -hmm. So it's a good
2: place to be. What is your favorite beauty tip?
4: Favorite beauty tip? Just use lots of scotch tape to pull the face back. That's why I look 12. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Favorite beauty tip? Oh, girl, I could take some beauty tips. I think I I could probably be better off receiving them than giving them. I would say... uh, Well, I say this as my hair. It literally looks, I got a haircut recently. And so now I look like the coolest eighth grader. Like my hair is like (laughs) growing out and it looks like. It's cute. I don't know. Be mindful of your flyaways. That's what I would say. Greatest beauty tip, be mindful of your flyaways Mm -hmm. because all it takes is one. And then people are watching you and it's all they're focused on as she's looking at my flyaways. So thank you very much. You have cute bangs. Oh, you know what? I grew them myself just for you. I love them. Just for this event. They're hot. thanks (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and your last living question. Uh-oh. What is your go-to
4: karaoke song? Go-to karaoke. Go go go. Oh, uh uh Africa <laughs> yeah. by by uh Toto. No, not actually, but the visual of that would be hilarious with me just like yeah, <laughs> singing Africa by Toto. Do you know that song?
2: Yeah, it's Africa. like Africa. Africa. That, was, that was a rough
4: rendition. <laughs> Africa. Africa. Is that how it goes first? I don't remember. All the oh, yeah, like all the trees in Africa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one, you know. Oh, anyway, yes. um what about you? You you surprised me here. What what would what would you do if you had to to do a karaoke? <sighs>
2: I always do Betty Davis Eyes. Uh, okay.
4: And yes. Stars Are Blind, obviously. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Okay. I, I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. For my next karaoke, I'm going to think of you. Thank you. Yas. Yas. Yes. Paris. This has been so fun. So much fun. Thank you for having me so much. Thank
2: you. And I can't wait to do a reading with you. Absolutely. And we're going to have a good time.
4: We'll do it. And slive. We're going to just be sliving now through then and beyond
3: work. Zumo Play.